0: Welcome back team. Just want to cover off on last episode's podcast, episode nine with Georgia. What an absolutely amazing story to hear a girl who has come from uh, grade 11 playing professional sport to now being a young woman uh, playing for the Brisbane Heat and the Queensland Fire uh, for cricket is absolutely amazing. Uh, One thing that I noticed is she still believes um, her age could be a limiting factor, whereas she's now spent so much time at this elite level that regardless of age, she's really leading the way for all the others coming through and setting such an amazing example for our young uh ladies and women who are coming through um who are still in primary school still in high school and looking to progress to a more professional level Um, george is setting a really good example for that and it's just absolutely amazing to see people going out and having a crack working on All their shortcomings and still progressing in such an amazing uh, way. So it was a really great episode, guys. Episode nine with Georgia. Highly recommend you go back and listen to it. It is quite inspiring and just good to get a take on a female's aspect in professional sport. It's absolutely amazing. I don't think we hear enough of it. So guys, giving that episode all the support you can would really mean a lot just for women in sport as well Um, and anything we can do to uh, open the avenues to let our young women progress and do the things that they love and really give it a go will be absolutely amazing. So guys, today's episode, episode 10 with Ben and Dalton, our first round table, a little bit of a uh, milestone as well, 10th episode, so really excited about that. Today, we're going to be covering off on a wide range of topics. So, guys, this is uh, more of a discussion base now. Um, Our previous episodes have all been kind of recaps of their life, what they're doing, where they're going. We are specifically talking about subjects within the fitness industry today. Um, It's going to be an absolute cracker. I know you guys are going to love it. This is going to be filled with so much information, team. So, take notes, um, really try and remember what we talk about. We've got two leading people within the industry that are going to be giving their insights uh, and thoughts. There are a few opinion-based questions as well. So don't take everything to heart. Uh, not everything is gospel here. Take it with a grain of salt. These are merely opinions that have been formed due to time in the industry. So uh, they're very good opinions, I must admit, but they are they are opinions at the end of the day with, you know, science that's backing those opinions as well so guys i know you're going to love this episode uh go back give georgia a listen episode nine and team get ready for a really exciting uh episode episode 10 roundtable with dalton and ben welcome team my name is josh atkins and you're listening to australia's most adventurous podcast Alrighty, guys. So we've got Ben and Dalton here. Uh, first round table, episode ten. Um, this is going to be a good one, guys. Very uh, opinion based, as I said, and with science to back it all. So welcome, boys. Thanks for coming back on. Right, it's only been a couple of weeks, but it's good. And uh, so far, it's our second—the first and second uh, episode—that is that we did. That's our second highest. So far, which is good considering you guys were only, I think it was seven, Mm -hmm. 7.5 or something like that. Yeah. So you guys have done really well. All right. So let's get straight into it. We are going to start by chatting about informed eating and the concepts behind this, which Flex Success are running at the moment, or is that it running with?
1: Yeah. So, um... We we turned it, essentially uh, came together as a group and turned this uh, new definition because we've been struggling to communicate with our clients uh, against some of the mainstream concepts that seem to be going around uh, the fitness industry at the moment. So we've all been kind of articulating it in our own ways um, about what's going on uh, and because the language that's currently being used is this uh, mindful eating or intuitive eating and flexible dieting. Those three words have their own, uh, their own definition and people seem to find that they can swap between them or they have misnomers for how the definitions actually are and what's actually going on. So we address a lot of that uh, poor education, the myths around that, and then t- elevate that up. But we find trying to in- explain intuitive eating to people it doesn't quite capture what we're trying to articulate. So, and neither does mindfulness, it's just like an aspect of what we're trying to do here. So we decided to uh, talk about the three concepts, figure out a way in which we could uh, align them. And what what we came out of that was uh, informed eating. So for those that aren't aware, uh, currently at the moment we have uh, those three concepts, mindfulness uh, and mindful eating, which is where you intrinsically reflect on the choices that you make around food and those behaviors and thoughts that you have around the particular food. So that could be something as simple as you want to go out and have a burger with your friends and the language that you use may be, it's a cheat meal. So therefore it's already got a negative association to it. But intrinsically, uh, you may feel guilt or associated guilt with that. And if you don't feel the guilt or anything, there may be some social anxiety about doing that and not being able to restrict your uh, food intake with your friends, thinking that they're gonna eat all the burger or all the food, so you have to do the same thing. So the mindfulness is that internal approach. Intuitive eating is a non-dieting approach to restrictive eating patterns that people have, and it's a way in which we can promote freedom from that. But the biggest thing of that is intuitive eating isn't a diet style. It's about not doing anything, not following anything, and just trying to listen to your body. But if you look around, you know that's a terrible idea. People are intrinsically, sorry, intuitively eating all the time, and this is how we're uh, gaining weight as a population. We seem to see people continually getting more and more
2: uh, fat. Is the the concept of intuitive intuitive eating is it um, more so based around like? eating how you feel so if you're craving something go have it mm-hmm. or is it both. like I should eat clean yep. so I'm going to eat like I'm hungry so I'll have chicken yep. and rice or is it like yep. I'm hungry I want a burger I'm going to have a burger yeah no I can see where you're going with that it's both
1: it, the idea is that if uh, any cravings that come through that you can uh, act on those cravings yeah. and eat and generally eat to a point that you read it like you discover you're full However, we find obviously with hyperpalatable foods, people don't have a sense of fullness or satiety that they achieve the same as we do with other lower processed foods. So there's that aspect of it, but it's also the complete freedom from having any direction or of eating at all to just simply following any cues or wants or needs that your body internally goes through. So it's this concept of trying to really align yourself back to what your body's asking you for the bad part is that our bodies ask us for fucking energy dense food like the really yummy shit because why would our our body doesn't care about us getting jacked it doesn't want that it just wants to be fat and happy like how do you, you live a long life if you're fat and happy a lot of diseases around obesity and type 2 diabetes take fucking years, decades to like become dangerous, like to kill you. So if you can live fat and happy and for most of your life and eating and intuitively eating and listening to your body and um, appeasing those uh, cues, you don't actually get the the benefit of the healthy living that comes alongside of it, which most people unfortunately assume that you will. By having this less restrictive eating pattern, you would be healthier. It's not the case. We see it's not the case. If you look around outside... Generally, someone's going to be obese, someone's going to be overweight near you and the fact is they've been intuitively eating, listening to their own
2: body cues and that's how big they've gotten, that's how fat they've gotten, unfortunately. Body cues would also come, we know that they would come from behavioral and environmental factors. 100% which makes it such a, they're super susceptible to marketing. Yeah, so So if you you have crappy foods in your house... mm -hmm and you feel a hunger mm-hmm. hormone kick in yep. you're not going to go oh I'm hungry for maybe I'll just curb that with chicken and broccoli yep. or like some nutrient dense foods you're mm-hmm. going to go shit there's some cookies or donuts in the fridge yep. because you've allowed that in your environment mm-hmm. so that's the cue that you're seeing and that's the cue you're going to go with yep 100% so, so intuitive eating the concept behind it, yeah it would be like the concept behind it would be okay I'm giving you like you're not restricted to a diet mm-hmm. per se of keto or like low carb cycling mm-hmm. or whatever but you're allowing yourself then, like, we know giving people too much freedom is not good freedom. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that in itself would then, all right, well, if my environment is my wife is making a kilo of pasta for dinner mm-hmm. and we've got garlic bread and chicken wings to go mm-hmm. with it, and you go, well, well I'm hungry today, mm-hmm. you're going to eat it. Yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, we find intuitive eating, has. A, it's a
1: great idea. It just falls a little bit short of what we want. And then lastly, flexible dieting, well, that's just taken, it turned into a monster in and of itself. Initially, flexible dieting was this understanding that food has calories, food has macronutrients. And by knowing the daily amount of food that you needed to eat, you could choose food types that fit those and achieved your goals as good as any other diet type where you don't track calories or macros and you just followed the diet plan along. So the concept being uh if you were eating 3 to 4 meals a day or whatever of normal food for you so some chicken veggies meat and whatever um mm-hmm. per meal you could swap out one of those meals have something yummy that you wanted to eat something maybe a a, a, a treat or something hyper palatable for you really uh a, a processed food or whatever takeaway and you could f- incorporate that into those totals and still achieve the same basic outcome now when i talk about flexible dieting to people their first instinct is i don't want to eat just junk food like it's not fucking just junk food no one eats just junk food and the people that put that up are like perpetuating this concept that's just like stupid we get a lot of bodybuilders that talk to us or uh, and say that flexible dieting is a dumb approach because it means there's too much freedom or there's too much variety well like that's an idiotic argument in itself but the fact that uh, they're so restrictive and in eating They're missing the fact that they could just swap out something um, and achieve the same goals. But the food type that they've chosen or the style of diet that they've chosen falls under the definition of flexible dieting. If they want to be a bodybuilder, then they choose to eat proteins, carbs and fats that fit those uh, that sport so they're flexibly dieted their eating to fit that sport to achieve those goals they just don't see that the flexible dieting is so they don't apply, a the, apply the term to yeah yeah and so the, they miss the principles and they're like oh well i'm just eating this style this is how we bodybuilders should eat or this is how athletes should eat or whatever it is so we found flexible dieting in for uh, sorry intuitive eating and mindfulness or mindfully eating to be to kind of fall short they all kind of describe what we want They all kind of fall short. So, as a group, we all kind of sat around and we figured out a a definition. So, essentially, informed eating is just a way to take all of those together um, and apply them in practice so that you have the skills to then shuttle away from being so selective with your foods and tracking foods to being able to make decisions that lead you towards your goal if you want to maintain your body weight well then you can do that you know how you understand how to do that if you want to gain some lean muscle mass you can do that you don't have to track you just have an understanding that's built up over time to develop that and nudge you in the right direction if you wanted to lose body fat same deal so it's applying these concepts having a knowledge that uh, underlies it all and that the knowledge is what primes your decisions you can then intuitively eat something, having that knowledge applied and then achieve the right outcome. So we find informed eating, meaning that the knowledge and all those uh, applications of flexible dieting, mindfulness and intuitive eating coupled together actually leads to a better uh, long-term
0: results. With that, I mean, and how long have you guys been running that at Flex? Like, cause I only saw your post yeah so we all came together
1: like as a group on. just recently and yeah find it together
2: we
1: were all talking about it for a while on how it's we articulate. yeah so we've been yeah. talking to our clients on like how we articulate and stuff like that my uh okay. language uh, initially for a while had been around um uh gosh it was more like the knowledge of eating like and those habits that that would t- uh taught you. but um we definitely think that like knowledge maybe when people hear that they might be like oh misassume that we think they know nothing or that they're idiots when Mm -hmm. it comes to nutrition and that's not the case we just want people to be a little bit more informed with their choices um so yeah we all came together recently and uh decided on that and we want to we want more people to hear it we want people to understand that it's not just about flexible dieting it's not just about mindfulness it's not just about intuitive eating it doesn't have to be so black and white they can all cross over and that crossover somewhere in the middle is kind of you know the the less extreme of the approaches is where most of the time we hang, and that's the informed eating
0: habits What what are you finding with not only clients that are coming through? Um, the, sorry, this is first time. So with first time clients coming through, whether they've had previous coaches or no coaching experience, what are you finding that their or the most common theme of their nutritional knowledge is like? Are you finding that it's extremely limited that they're going off? old mm-hmm. concepts and ideas like what are you boys both seeing with that and have to, oh. it, it, even basic customers that walk in the door
2: um, when we take like we're obviously by law not allowed to prescribe guys to customers all in store but you can guide people and yep. the biggest misconceptions you hear is people thinking it's got to be brown rice broccoli chicken tuna like or well, not brown rice like you hear, i will just have veggies and brown rice every yeah. day veggies and chicken every day you're just like but why
0: essentially bland
2: yeah, is the it's, only it's, thing they have. they've seen one or two looks on, on YouTube and gone, oh, I read this bodybuilding article from 20 years ago and this is what Arnie was doing. Or this is what this person was doing. Look, even just like, they just researched for a second on Google and just gone, Oh, what's the healthiest diet and the healthiest diet will come up with chicken, brown rice and broccoli. Mm-hmm. You're getting micronutrients, carbs, protein, fats, whatever. That's what they're seeing and going, yep, cool. I'm going to stick to this. And then you've, they've established a good and bad, which in itself then creates an issue because yeah. now there's positive and negative associations, to those words and that diet type. And now they become almost zealot like in behavior that that is, has to be it. Yeah. And to get them out of that takes like, because we don't work with them uh, like on a direct level as a coach, but more as a customer. But even when I was coaching, you then not have to break down that that isn't negative. Mm-hmm. Like, like for me, we're at, uh, we're cutting now at 3,500 calories, roughly to get in 3,500 calories daily without missing a meal, if the goal is to gain weight, consistency is key obviously, but you need to put in foods that are enjoyable, otherwise it won't happen. Yep. Like like once we start a proper growing phase now, it's going to go past 4,000, it's going to go past 5,000. Depending on how hard I can train and grow and put on size and what weight I want to get to at a condition, there's going to be upwards of five 6,000 calories a day. I'm not going to eat that and I don't care who you are, you're not going to eat that at brown rice, chicken and broccoli. Yeah. But the concept is that that's what it has to be. Whether you're gaining weight, losing weight, cutting, toning, dropping body fat, whatever the like the the goal is, that you seem to think you have. The only diet the basic or like beginners seem to come in knowing about is oh, I read this and it has to be lean protein, like a low GI carbohydrate and yep, broccoli. Like it, yeah, there's so many other million veggies and stuff that you can even make exciting. It's throw.
0: almost like they've only seen what these athletes have. Right at the very end, so right when they're going through their cut phase, right like, right before they get on stage, hundred because that's when the know, marketing macros is are low, in. calories are low. Oh, sorry, not macros low, calories are low, and they're like, "Yeah, this is what I did to get here," and they've applied that for mm-hmm. years,
1: everything, everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think the biggest,
1: the biggest thing. Is that's wrong? I hundred percent agree, and I don't see it happen. Like one of the funniest things that I chuckle to myself all the time is I don't see it happening in other sports. No one watches Roger Federer or um, Hewitt with his, like, Scud Missile um, serve go, I'm going to, like, this is how I'm going to serve. I'm going to do it exactly like this. Yeah. They go and pay for lessons and learn how to friggin' play tennis yeah. and build up it over time. No one, in no other sport do people, like, take an advanced concepts of what someone's doing at the Olympics. And apply it to themselves. It's laughable. You like, you yeah. like. Would someone go try and snatch like 130 kilos? Like, no fucking way. You break down rip all the, three movements rip their arms off and stuff like that. Like, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to happen. But with physique and bodybuilding, uh,
2: we seem to just see people watch what the most advanced people are doing, and they go. I'm going to do that. The best way I can explain it as someone who used to have a chippy background is it's like in a weekend warrior that buys their like um, oh, what's that brand you can get from like, like uh, Masashi
0: or something? Uh, uh,
2: no, okay. the, the brand of like trade tools but it's like they're like it's like a plastic toy version, <laughs> but it's like they, the weekend warriors take that and like oh yeah I, I watched some videos on YouTube about like doing like uh, <laughs> formwork or framework or like housing I'm going to go build a $10 million mansion for someone yeah. and it's going to be fine. I'm going to get completely signed off. Yeah. Like Nowhere else does that. You can't do that. Yeah. No one allows you to do that. No one's going to say, yep, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. We seem to,
1: I think, yes, that's, I, I see that a lot of the time. But um, in what you're saying as well is a lot of what people come to, uh, to us with is that whatever diet type they're doing, regardless of how it's set up, it's that that this diet type has to be a hundred percent applied yep and uh so for me i view diets as they're unsustainable it's not meant to be something you do forever because if it was it'd not be a fucking diet it'd be like a maintenance phase or something like that Mm -hmm. like so diets are meant to suck for a short period of time. We try and make it suck a little less with smart choices, but you know, not eating just sucks in general. As yeah. soon as you know, you're dieting, you fucking know it sucks. Your like, oh, so yeah, brain everybody. kicks
0: in a whole nother gear and goes, yeah. now all of a
2: sudden I want this stuff
0: that I well, never had again. I've even. done that in the last six weeks. Cause we got six mm-hmm. week challenge running mm-hmm. nationally. Um, and I didn't have any beers. For the lead up, mm-hmm. the second that six-week challenge started, mm-hmm. all I wanted was beer. Beer, yeah, right? And it's like, fuck, I want to It's yep. a stress
2: of knowing you can't have yeah. it. It's, it's like taking the toy away from the kid who wasn't playing with that toy. That's yep. what, all it is. Yep. yep. So we find that
1: that happens irregardless. One of the ways that we can limit the stresses of those things are to teach people about food, allow them to have some flexibility in putting food in that they didn't think that they would ever be able to eat whilst on a diet. Um, and still achieve their goals. That's like one of the probably the biggest thing that I see come through and like where the education kind of lacks, even if it's old knowledge and stuff like that. Yeah, it, but it's this concept that it's 100% or nothing because what that does is it sets them up for this irregardless, so they're going to fail. Like mm-hmm. you cannot succeed 100% all the time, but there's going to be a point in time where you don't get all the food in or you miss something or you overeat or you undereat, um, you miss water, you miss a training session, life happens, right? Something throws a curveball at you. And then what, you're a failure? Like That, that sucks. That's a, yeah. that's a crappy feeling. Yeah, like that's like a shittest sh- mindset to possibly apply to anything. And, and this is how they approach it. So they're like, oh, it's all or nothing. And then I, I, I fail and so I'm a failure. So I'm not going to try it again. And then it takes forever for them to get around to wanting to try it again. So we find trying to shift that away, showing them that there is small amounts that you can do every day that chip you towards your goals as opposed to being an
2: all or nothing diet approach. So that's... Yeah, there are there also. are definitely situations where the all or nothing pl- 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 the applies. At the that, extremes. Like at yeah. the extremes of professional sports, the end phases of bodybuilding, like dieting phases, like those things are definitely... I mean, you watch... Um, there's, a, there's a video on YouTube from an, a food eater and he did the Michael Phelps daily food intake challenge. And to be fair, this this like food guy is like a food challenge eater, so he did it all in one go. But you space out... Like when you... Take like a professional athlete's diet, and you break that down, or you lay it on a table. Even as a growing phase, and you look at how much food that is. Like you have to be able to, um, like the all or nothing is for him to be have the energy. Does just I'm pretty sure it was just mostly maintenance calories for him to excel at what he's doing. You have to be able to eat that daily. Like this was a planned structure laid out for him. That all or nothing approach has to apply, for sure. Like the like if you if you miss a meal you're going to add it if you miss uh, like the next day if you're trying to grow you're going to add those calories to the next day because the net goal is I need to have this food in or you're going to go all right, well I've got hungry jacks or something on the way home and it's like midnight and I've missed eating so I need to get the calories in for the day I mean add it tomorrow which I won't have time I'll just have this meal which will be more dense and palatable and like less in serving size but I'm still getting the calories in which is the overall goal like those like those like that all or nothing will apply but you definitely can't do all or nothing forever but in those instances all or nothing definitely still has to apply otherwise you will be a
0: failure mm. i think one of the biggest things i see and you guys might see this especially dog outside of the business when just talking to people so i've got a lot more exposure on everyone's differing levels in exercise and also nutrition knowledge but when i really start to talk to people and i don't know if you guys experience this as well when i really start to talk to people like and try and figure out what their food knowledge is their diet knowledge is and all of that they always come back to being in a sense of blissful ignorance Mm -hmm. where they think they're eating healthy because you know at dinner i've had some broccoli with my four kilos of pasta so i'm eating healthy and then i don't know so you, you can either take it upon yourself to just try and educate them slowly without like you know trying to bible bash them and say this is the only way but how do you guys go about approaching uh i guess trying to change that mindset if, if and say say it's some a mate a friend's like parent or something they've got this preconceived idea how would you go about just going like trying to slowly change their mindset obviously like i said without being like this is law like do this but do you guys ever come across that and then do you try and do it because especially like with family and stuff I'm like hey look this is what you think because it's what you know you've been eating forever but it's not necessarily the right way how do you guys go about that? Uh, yeah great. I I do this all
1: the time um, <laughs> so the first thing is I used to rail against them so I used to rail against them hard and I just found it just gave me the biggest pushback I'd be like why the fuck do you not want to know this thing Yeah, like, I could literally save your life stop and um, so th- that quite clearly didn't work. Um, so I've kind of gone full circle. Now, I make no comments ever about it unless it's ever brought up to me. Yep. Then when they approach me about something, uh, I'll listen to them explain it. I'll compliment them on anything that they got right and, be, and try and show off how excited I am that they're talking to me about nutrition. Mm. Then I will say, okay, there's some things that you got wrong. Maybe if you want to hear them, I'm happy to explain them. If not, the question that whatever they're trying to ask or frame or whatever, it will be like, all right, cool, you've kind of got a general idea. Keep it up or whatever. Just try and be positive about it. Um, if they do ask when well, they want some explanations, I try and give a general sense of what they're, they're trying to achieve. A lot of the time, it's like, oh, is this what I'm doing? Is this going to help me lose weight or something like that? And it's like, okay, maybe we'll just like swap up your portion sizes instead of it being a kilo of pasta. Let's make it a kilo of veggies and two handfuls of pasta or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, just something easy, super easy and applicable that they can do right away so that they don't even have to think about it. It'd be something as easy as like a food swap like that or um, swapping over from like full sugar soft drinks to low cal soft drinks and stuff like that. It's something that they can just apply straight away go away okay. and if they get results they come back every friggin' time okay. thank you for it and then they want to know more and they're hooked so that's how I do it that's s- how I found
0: success I'd say I was exactly the same right at the start it's just like you want to spew all the information yeah, the, onto them the intention the and the intent is good yes but it, it's, it's like it's like
2: in no way is it a brag but it's like you know, everyone has their specialty or their niche we're sort of like up here and what we're aware of and it's just more the fact that it's health like conceptual and it's like health related so it's more like we get more intense about it because mm-hmm. you can see someone passionate. deteriorating their life and it's like I yep. care about you so this is just to help but then they don't follow it and you get agitated and you're just like what are you doing yeah. you're uh, passionate yeah exactly so we, we live for it it's what yep. we do we wouldn't be
1: sitting here on a Sunday morning chatting about this yeah. if we weren't passionate yeah, about it exactly. like, like the, and the, you don't get to an advanced you don't get past the first 10 hours of learning on anything if you're not passionate about it no fucking way do you invest that time I'd rather wank or play playstation Like, <laughs> why not like,
0: both yeah at the same time yeah. whilst playing playstation yeah, definitely.
1: that's how I play <laughs> <laughs> you
2: play different I don't even but nah, the, 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 <laughs> the cool thing I found was um, I listened to a, a Joe Rogan explain dieting once and like no way am I saying this guy has a bee's knees of dieting <laughs> but he, he dropped this thing it was actually pretty cool like people that would complain about being overweight or high blood pressure obesity or like you know just being large in mass it's like alright let's look what you're eating To maintain, like, it's an impressive volume of food for someone to maintain high level obesity. Like, it is actually, like, I would struggle to eat it and I want to grow. So I find it insulting that you can just do it. But his thing was, okay, so you're eating 10 pizzas, three liters of ice cream, you know, all these chips, whatever. What if we just cut it back to eight pizzas? Your body's now adjusted to that total calorie income. For the week. Mm-hmm. That's what you're having daily, regular. You've just straight up said, This is what I have, and you are not get embarrassed about it, or whatever. You just said, Stating, this is what I eat. If you cut back to eight pizzas instead of 10, that's now a deficit for you. Mm-hmm. That eight pizzas, that eight pizzas instead of 10, that's two pizzas per day, that's 14 pizzas in a week. Mm-hmm. You drop that down, that's only 14,000 calories if you're going to a basic pizza, me lovers. That in itself is going to put you in a deficit mm-hmm. compared to where you were. Mm-hmm. That means you still get to eat everything you're eating, you still get to, like, you just, walk instead of using your wheelie thing or like whatever just get up and do slight movement you have to mm-hmm. go to the gym but that deficit already has now been created and you will see weight loss yep. so the it's yes it's a flexible diet in a, in a sense where like i would much rather them have eating a healthier way mm-hmm. but they're still getting to like eat the foods that they have become so regulated by and enjoy and that's what's gotten to that weight just take two away yeah. Just have two pizzas less and you're still going to be in the same spot then from there we go alright let's take away a tub of ice cream let's bring in some veggies like it's like that's slowly reducing portion size and just making micro changes to the subtle direction trying to push them in yeah. will be the easiest way than just being like right we're going to cut all this you're going to go chicken brown rice and broccoli after you've just spent 20 years having ice cream pizza and chocolate yep. is not going to be sustainable by anyone ever and if you say you can i'm going to punch you in the face because that's the biggest load of crap we have ever heard mm-hmm. it will not happen you will last a week you'll start to get shakes you'll start to get withdrawals you'll start to cry you'll get emotional like your hormones and body will crave the food you've just been like feeding it mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you've cut it out it's exact same principle applied as you just cold turkey smoking. Yeah. Statistically, people will last what three days for the first try, ten days maybe the next go, and if that, and then like maybe slow to start, start to snowball. The same apply. The same concept would apply to extreme obesity dieting, and mm-hmm. then going now you're having nothing but chicken and brown rice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Won't work. Won't happen. Yeah, I used to be the
1: coach that when I was very young and naive, and people like signed up to work with me, I was super excited about them signing up to work with me. That. The first thing I did was, like, this. I had a list of, like, 12 things that they needed to change straight away in their life. If you weren't doing this, you had to do every single one of these 12 things for us to even start. Yeah, like, do you know how hard this is to overhaul your whole life and just, like, from one day to the next and then be expected to live that way for the... It's so funny. Yeah. It's so dumb. At the time, I was like, these are the things that will help you. And they are definitely, hands down, they would have helped them, but...
2: Would you say now like ticking <laughs> if off? I saw, like,
1: if I saw someone give me ten things to do, I'd be like, Yeah, fuck no
2: <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. So would, would you still apply those same twelve things but if you had to said all right over the next twelve months we're gonna tick each one of these yeah, off? Yeah, hundred percent. In like small actionable steps like yeah.
1: things that yeah. they can do each day that lead to them getting achieving those things as a part of their daily uh, routine. But it's not you <laughs> just expected it like that and I was wondering why I got so much pushback or non adherence and I was like, What the fuck? These people just don't want it enough maybe sure but i think it's not that they don't want it enough it's just that our habits and our behaviors are so hard to change from uh one day to the next that it's like a long-term process it should be uh, it takes a long time to get fat so it's like it's not it's not something that we expect them to change overnight it shouldn't be expected but i think also we see um some of those behaviors where people just do the the stuff we were seeing before with the extreme obesity or even just obesity is they try and do everything, these lifestyle overhauls. And we see this from things like shows like The Biggest Loser where they have extreme amounts of food (sighs) deprivation and exercise and stuff. And they're like, well, that's that's what it takes to be successful. And Mm. it's like there's the same myths or misconceptions about what's going on. Instead of the flexible dieting, it's this... What do I have to do to live healthy? It doesn't fucking matter. Just change a little to go a long way, and keep changing after that
2: stops working. For and how, you. Un- how how unrealistic of a setting is that though? Like oh, yeah. to be dropped into that show where you've got twelve weeks or whatever it is of like, say say you make it to the very last week. There's twelve weeks over the show. Every single day you are regimented up. Someone's monitoring your food intake, which is not enough as it is, and then wondering why these people have like crazy like for starters then they they set a goal like to PT 3PT. three, PT yeah, three in like the energy yeah. expenditure is insane versus what they were doing, the calorie deficit is insane versus what they were having. And then on top of that the goal is weight loss. Mm-hmm. Like they they're genuinely setting that you step on a scale and say, "All right, this week you lost 15 kilos or 10 kilos" and then it gets yeah. to like the last week or you only dropped to 0.8. To get to like that stage anyway is intense mm. and to to maintain consistent weight loss is hard but then to go like to make it a, a show where like this is the only way to diet and this is how you'll do it and everyone's going to go stuff that I can't do that because I don't have the time to sit on a, sh- like yeah. on a
0: show for th- three PT sessions a day but it's not it's not even weight at the end of the day it's for money they're doing yeah. it because it's a game show yeah the they, end they end the set their so 15
2: minutes of fame to be on TV yeah it, that? that's
1: the worst predictor of success if you like put a money title on yeah. losing weight people don't give a Shit, they don't care about money. Like it it's not strong enough to keep them motivated. It might be well, yeah, two hundred and fifty thousand, yeah. maybe. Yeah, like after the show. They're yeah. they're, they're weight gain in the biggest loser is insane. They're like within ten percent of their starting weights. Yep. Ten percent. Think about that. Like, yeah, because they do um, like you know,
0: when they hundred and eighty
1: four well. kilos, back down to one hundred and sixty two, like yeah. after five years,
0: great. I, I think you know I watched it, like, like biggest the biggest issue there the first season when it came out and like you know yeah. they show when they get back and they're like oh you know everyone's still fucking fat and mm. they're like oh they kept four kilos off I still I remember I, remember
2: I watched one and they went like, followed around people and they're like oh, let's see what these these people stuck to their diets after the show and he is like old Joe Blow I can't remember his name but it was like one of the first few seasons and they went back and tracked him down and I think I had an American one because it was a hot dog vendor. They found him out eating a hot dog, and one of the coaches literally ran up and sprayed him. And I was just like, you, "Like, how is this rewarding anything? Like, yeah. This dude's is just going to get stuffed. I'm a failure. Like, I'm not. I'm not going to die ever again. I just got humiliated on live TV because I just tortured myself for twelve weeks to lose. And mm-hmm. now that I'm, I have. A, he might not have eaten all day, and really, that's just his own caloric intake, and that's not a big deal. Yeah. And they're just going, hey, You're the worst.
0: Yeah. I was like. What? Yeah, it's a disease, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's circle back in terms of that. Uh, the mindful eating. Say if I've just come off the street, you know, I'm a weekend warrior. I like to do like a few sessions throughout the week. Mm-hmm. But I'm in this blissful state of ignorance where I think I'm eating healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I never take into account when I suck down a tub of ice cream or quickly stop in a Macca's on the way home because I'm hungry before I head to the gym. Yep. Anything like that. What would be a simple skill or trick, whatever you want to call it, something that will start them think, thinking mindfully about what they're going to eat? Like what would be the first thing you would get them to do? The thing that works the best
1: is one of the things that are least adherable, um, and that would be a food dome. So whether it be MyFitnessPal uh, or just writing it down, having, uh, having it converted, we all know, like, and everyone listening would know, if you have a goal and you don't say it out loud, it's not really a goal, it's no. just something you think. But you say it out it's loud an idea and you get that fire concept. to do something, same deal with food diaries. You write it down, you're accountable to the shit you ate. And even if you don't recall everything, it's still some uh, picture of the food that you eat. Recalling everything is a skill and people aren't good at it. We know from 24 hour food recalls that people, even dietitians and nutritionists are shit at doing it. So no one's good at doing it. So having the, growing that as a skill does really work amazingly but it's not something that everyone wants to do and neither is it easy or willing so this is where a lot of the diet types come out um, of the woodwork and they actually work really well Is they give you a basic set of rules to follow so that you just lose weight whether it be carbs or the devil so you just don't eat carbs or um, you should fast for 15, 16 hours so that you've um, done all the health benefits out of intermittent fasting and then you can have some big meals or whatever what they do is they set up your lifestyle in a way that it forces you to uh follow a set of rules that restrict you in some manner and it help you achieve uh weight loss. So I would argue that if you're trying to do this and you're not interested in in actually um tracking your food setting up some basic rules for you to follow just on doing that whether it but it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's like cut out all carbohydrates it could be something as easy as have some fruit for breakfast or like have some fruit on hand wherever you are. So that if you are snacky, something easy like that is um, able to grab and don't just buy, don't just buy apples because you think it's fruit, but you hate apples. Like buy something you like to make it <laughs> Straw- enjoyable. Yeah, like, make- bananas, Any of them. Right. But like people would go, I see this all the time in clients are like, Oh, you said to have some fruit. So I've got apples and I was like, all right, cool. And they're like, oh, I haven't eaten an apple this week. I'm like, do you like them? They're like, no. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. what? Stop. Like, what fruit do you like? Watermelon. Well,
2: buy fucking watermelon.
1: Like, that's, uh, every day in your diet, like eat 300 grams of watermelon. They're like, oh my God, this is so much food. But like, whatever it is, just find, create a rule for something that's easy for you to uh, lean on in times where you would be, where you're most susceptible. People, mm-hmm. it's most often like three in the afternoon. People get between lunch and dinner and they're like, uh, I've got the hang- hangries and wanna, they pop down to the shops and grab an icebreak and a pie or something like that. Yep. So it's just create a rule which would make it easy for you to follow along that's a little bit better than what you currently do. That would be the first thing I do and that's what I get my clients to do is talk to me about what their lifestyle is like, how it's set up. Um, I might do a little bit more in-depth look like I uh, get them to show me their house and their kitchen and their pantry and stuff like how that's set up so I can change what their environment is like at home. But for people that are just listening find something that you can just change about your life that's a little bit better than what you currently do and just keep that around make it available to you at all times so that it's not something that you a don't do but uh it's also something you enjoy as well make it like
0: easy mm. this would be this is probably quite specific but for some reason I'm seeing it more more I talk to people People in essentially the professional sense. So these may not be people that want to look the best, but they are trying to lose some weight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, They don't do any cooking. Mm -hmm. They'll either use the terms "I hate cooking" Mm -hmm. or "I just don't have time." Mm -hmm. So they might be always eating out or Mm -hmm. buying, you -hmm. know, frozen meals and stuff. What would you say about that? Like in terms of, you know, we all know what we know about. Coles is open. Sydney and Melbourne have Coles Expresses. You can get 30
2: grams of protein from two tubs of Chobani yogurt. Add 200 grams of strawberries for the f- what cost of two dollars. There's some fiber, carbs, lean protein, mm-hmm. and you got a meal. Yeah, it's a good example. But you're super
1: motivated. Remember, these people that are listening that yeah. aren't in that category aren't so, get motivated. Yeah. <laughs> Firstly, get fucking motivated. <laughs> right? And then just circum- do it when you're not feeling motivated. Be more motivated. No, um, I, I like I don't mind frozen meals like I, I really don't oh, there's particular ones that I might help uh, point out but like we find this at flex all the time that people we get some high high business execs that really like work 16 hour days and stuff like that yep. so or flying around the world so um, we've had to do a lot of investigating on those foods and there was a phase in the this- diet
2: where you put in a uh, it wasn't fr- it was a fresh meal but it was last year and it was just one I liked that I found that was better mm-hmm. than what I would cook mm-hmm and it tasted good. Yeah. And at least it literally was it was kept in the fridge so it was fresh, it wasn't frozen and it took 2 minutes yep. to microwave. Yeah. yeah.
1: So if you look at the literature on frozen foods and even like frozen processed foods there isn't a lot of nutritional uh the value of the nutritional quality going down, that's the best way to describe it so uh, it's not like you're losing out on micronutrients and stuff like that, people have this assimilation that anything that's processed generally isn't going to be as good for them as anything else there's some meal. organic
0: raw. There's, yeah. Like Wait. So when you say process, you mean like a frozen meal, not essentially like a frozen hamburger.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So for so for anyone listening, a process can be any process that's applied to a food. Highly processed is generally something that's gone through uh, refinement, had additives, uh, thickeners, added to it, gums and stuff, so that they it binds. It's generally something that you wouldn't find in nature, but a processed food can still be peas that have just been frozen and put into a bag so they've gone through our process it's the 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 science on it shows that these aren't there's no differences in the nutrient quality in fact i hate to say it but sometimes the frozen foods win out a little bit
0: because they don't degrade there's no like well we had a nutritionist on here who said that as well like yeah. depending on how long mm-hmm. the fresh veg has mm-hmm. been in circulation mm-hmm. at a supermarket mm-hmm. Your snap frozen veg may yeah. contain more yeah. micronutrients because yeah. it was snap frozen fresher. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So, and you
1: see, like what they did to measure that was they took those the two and put them in a bomb kilometer in uni and would measure how much energy and protein carbs and fats and stuff in it. So you actually get to see like first hand, but. Anyway, I digress. I like uh, frozen meals for people. I, I think that it's fine for them to uh, incorporate into. There are some brands and stuff that we definitely do encourage a little bit more. Do you um, want to shout them out just for people listening? Um, so like them. fresh stuff, uh, um, Yufu's uh, gym foods, they're generally fine. Um, frozen stuff, I don't mind uh my muscle, cane. Chef? my muscle chef's great i don't like uh, but i'm thinking colson's uh, oh, what's yeah, available yeah. for yep. the general public my muscle chef being a little bit more of a health conscious frozen meals will generally mccain's be have fun. that
2: super food that's super fresh range they have it's yeah like super I, d- I, don't, I don't mind them as long as you
1: try and uh find a meal that's got some veggies in it some lean some meats in it um and a sauce or something like that i find that they're pretty palatable as well um, anything that's got uh, white sauces I get people to avoid just because the fats are generally really high in them and uh, because they're super yummy, right? Um, people buy them and they want to eat those ones, but I think out of the packets, they just add a little bit more fat to them to uh, make them even more palatable for people. So white sauces and stuff with frozen, I get to miss out. Um, McCain's I really like. I don't mind Coles at the moment. They've got a whole range of frozen meals, that just the brand themselves that uh, I find the macros are pretty good. and okay. um, So I'm even happy to see that. So I, I'm I'm fully on board with that. When it comes to not having time for cooking, that comes down to just a time priority issue of things that you value the most. Do you value losing weight the most over whatever else uh, you uh, assign your time to? Everyone has, I hate this speech, but everyone has the same 24 hours in the day. So like you find ways to break that down and things that you want to be doing. Cooking's probably low on that fucking list because it sucks. It's boring. You stand around and you watch shit burn and then you have to eat Enjoy horrible, it. horrible. want to do it. Yeah, right? So, like, it's, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, I totally get doing that and how that can become a little bit annoying. But the reality of the situation is if you can internally reflect on your goals being weight loss, well, then if you really want it and if it's a, a driver that's bigger than, like, I just want to have abs, but it's, like, you actually really want to lose weight and, um, uh, mm internally it's a goal for you that gives you that fire then you'll find a way to place value on that cooking food because it helps you be a little bit more successful.
2: There's also ways around uh, complaining about cooking though. Uh, things like getting a slow cooker or pressure cooker. You mm-hmm. can literally throw everything in there and walk away. Mm-hmm. The job is done. Mm-hmm. Like If you worry about oh, tomorrow's food is gonna be, I'm not gonna have time to cook it, you can put chicken, potatoes and veggies in a, like, in a pot and mm-hmm. it will cook itself in the morning. You have food ready to take. Yep. You can do three or four days worth yep. and you have to worry. Yep. It's quick, easy, you're not losing nutrients, yep. you're not losing any benefits of it and the job's done you can yeah. go about doing whatever it is you were doing like, there's, yeah. no, like, there's no like, you can't even say oh I hate the whole meal prep lifestyle you just either buy shredded chicken shredded veggies and, and rice and throw it in there or yeah. you cut up your own chicken yeah. and it's done that's yeah. it I do find that so the, the, there's always that trade off and
1: the people that are complaining about cooking they're the ones that aren't thinking about their food so they just make chicken broccoli and rice and they're cutting up fucking nine kilos of broccoli or you can wondering why it takes two hours to cut it up and it's boring as shit or trying to cut up all this chicken breast for the week so we definitely encourage people to bulk food prep as it does save so much time it's just one time cost so it's easy to assign a, a sunday afternoon for people to do it it's simple but you don't have to pick highly time uh time tasks time costing tasks for you to prep food you can buy uh birds Eye do really good steam snap uh steam fresh uh frozen veggies in 150 gram packets that's like a serving of veggies so you can just buy those that's you crack a bag and you got your meat and that's it you're done you don't even need to prep anything like so there's heaps of ways to be super convenient it's just reducing the perception of you're doing things right because uh it's chicken broccoli and rice or sweet potato or something like that and it's taking hours and hours to make it up and having a little bit more flexibility in your food choices so that you make it a little bit easier for you to adhere to. It's all about finding that balance. So some education and understanding
0: around that does help. Hmm. I think with the next, the next part, this is gonna be open to so many different like avenues and categories, but when we look at um, getting people to just eat healthier, um, getting people to try and be mindful of their food, what do you feel has been the, the biggest, either objection or the hardest thing to overcome? Like, and generally we're going to refer back to psychology. It's people, either they're afraid to fail or they're afraid to start. But what do you feel is one of the, one of the hardest things to get people on board with and get them to start doing in terms of diet?
2: It's a hard one. That is a hard one. So, when do you make good questions? <laughs> <laughs> one of the biggest objections would have to be the preconceived notion of good versus bad. Yep. Like starting, the, it's not a starting point or anything. Like that. It definitely would be one of the biggest objections. Is that people, because it's been plugged into for so long, you'll see health foods or you'll see this food or this is healthier or like this is a superfood. Now someone's come up with some cool term to call superfood. It's just a food that's rich in micronutrients. Cool. <laughs> quinoa it's changing the world we're gonna power our cars <laughs> with the soon um like it's it's just this idea that there is a good and bad like yes there are good nutrient dense food options but in the overall grand scheme you're looking at the micro instead of the macro which is calories are king calories inverse out if your goal is weight loss with like thermodynamics applies weight loss versus weight gain mm-hmm. but yes we want you to hit your overall nutrient targets we want you to hit your fiber we want you to get in healthy food options but then applying this notion that okay I've had as we keep saying like, you know we've had a pizza or we've had this or that and then they get this psychological uh, association that it's negative and poor and then that becomes a bad trigger point to then well I failed and I'm, I'm, I don't want to do that I've tried that before then you'll come in and they'll speak to you and be like oh but I tried the dirty bulk why is it a dirty bulk? oh because I had Maccas so what? I have a pizza every night now. I have 250 grams of pasta every single day, but I still have, it's a fiber pasta. It's a, like a whole meal pasta choice. I still my serve of veggies in every day. Like this, that in itself is probably the biggest objection diet wise or one of would have to be at least one of the biggest objections is the concept of good versus bad or like I'm a failure or a bad dieter or I'm going to, I can't adhere to this strict lifestyle because I can only eat this. No, like no, <laughs> stop doing that that's where we need to address like so much of diet is psychology as you Mm -hmm. said like it's just it's going to be it is because people have preconceived notions they have ideas they have concepts that they've somehow established or been drilled into them previously from another coach another person a bro they met at the gym who shredded and said this is how he did it and won't mention other supplements that he's taken like whatever they'll come with this idea and then you have to work against that idea and they're forcibly they're, they're like this is my like this is what I believe, and now you're telling me I'm wrong. People don't want to be wrong. Mm. People don't want to be wrong. People don't want to do things that they think is bad, so they're going to object to you, saying, "Have a pizza, yep. have macas, have ved, like have pasta, have that if you need to, and then just go back to getting in the rest of your food."
0: How do you? How would you go about strategizing against that? Oh, this is good. This is bad. Essentially, trying to change someone's outlook and perception on food through a psychology manner, essentially.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a really cool one. So it's kind of similar to how I get people to change their mind when they're asking me questions and change their behaviors and stuff like that. It's a very similar approach. I will get a food questionnaire or food preferences from them which list out as many different foods as we can think of uh, that we come across um, and get people to identify their preferred food choices. If we see that their preferred food choices don't align to their goals, How we at Flex go about it would be to give them the food that they like to eat first and then as uh, and explain to them look these are the foods that you like I understand that this is what you want but um, these are this is the cost of having this food so you they may have a preference towards high fat foods and they want to do some some uh, anaerobic training so they're not fueling for that sport. Which means that, uh, unfortunately, they may underperform. So we explain: look, you, you might be missing out on some of the benefits here. When, uh, and you might be missing out on some of the weight loss that you could be achieving. So uh, either when the weight loss isn't fast enough or after they're done feeling like shit for a couple of weeks we like do you want to trial some something different would you mind will you try even if it's not a complete 360 it'd be like let's just put a little bit of carbs around your training and see how that feels like would you be open to having two or three snakes Alan snakes or something like that something easy to that doesn't completely change how they shop or cook or anything like that and really yummy so most people jump on the chance of eating lollies on a diet and um their training goes through the roof. They wonder why and they're like, ah want and straight away get some buy in from seeing results, yeah, immediate okay. results like that and it's like, All right, cool, well we understand that carbohydrates feel your training, so having some carbohydrates here helps but also uh, fuels your recovery is some carbohydrates and muscle growth is be fueled by some protein so if we tweak that and adjust that into a manner that fits the goals that you want to have and the type of training that you do you're going to get better results and they're like oh my god are you kidding me i can i could be more stronger than i am right now and leaner and feel better and it's like yeah you could so getting that buy-in them seeing results from it but first is just don't rail against what they have as their their food preferences
2: and try and find a way to align well one of the the first flex sheets i filled out was um what are your preferred food choices what are your lacking food choices and that already had me hooked Mm. like Mm. i was already on board but seeing that in itself compared to how it's how i well um, your
1: last one was like eat this and it was no concept of what you liked it was eat this which one your last time when you were being coached was oh yeah yeah this
2: food yeah 100 so yeah it's um and we get a lot of clients like that it, like yeah the, the idea that like now it's laid out in front of you um you have to stick to this i'm gonna eat this okay while well, i'm eating it just eat it mm. okay cool um just do just it do it <laughs> show them both do it yeah <laughs> um but yeah like one of, the, one of the first sheets i filled out with flex was uh what are your preferred foods what are the foods you don't like and then at one stage we made bacon and egg burgers fit we made like all sorts of cool stuff fit we made um i go always go out of my way to find whatever's
1: on that food preference list find the things that they've put down as their most liked food and in the first I know, two to four weeks of their diet it's just to be encompassed by that it may be a little bit less than they're used to eating but i try and do that first and people freak out that they're eating all this food that they love
2: yeah and then they'll slowly start to associate the results with the fact that they're having these foods as they were previously with someone only giving them good whole foods yeah. and then you'll begin a almost like psychological manipulation of what they think is good versus bad and then they'll realize there is no good versus bad yeah. um and yeah that that in itself had me already switched on with flex is that they were open to oh, what do you like what do you don't like Mm. Why the hell put this in a diet? If your if your if your goal is to prep I need you to be able to diet for twelve months, two years, eighteen months, whatever. So why would I put in foods that you're not going to stick to? Yep, it's illogical and it's mm. unobtainable and unlikely to stick to.
0: I've I've got a question now. This is this is from me as a PT. So with one of my clients, I love it. They want to lose a little bit of weight Mm -hmm. now they're already Mm -hmm. maxing out the amount of times they can be in the gym this is with me and also the time that they spend there Mm -hmm. now they've oh i've given them advice Mm -hmm. like i never say you have to do this Mm -hmm. because i Mm -hmm. a know my scope Mm -hmm. and b no at the end of the day it's up to them you're a pt that knows your scope I know, right? What? No, I don't... I I still... You 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 didn't prescribe weight loss surgery? (laughs) You don't like yet? But so, they want to lose a little bit of weight. Now, they are, by no stretch of the imagination, fat. They Mm -hmm. have a little bit of Mm put at at best. Other than that, they are essentially borderline an amateur athlete. Mm -hmm. They do work extremely hard, and Mm -hmm. they also work long hours as well. Mm -hmm. Now, what they've started doing is... They've started preparing some food. Uh, They've also got young kids as well. Mm -hmm. Um, He started preparing a little bit of food, so like just a few salads and chopping up some fruit to put in smoothies. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, the diet doesn't change too much, Mm -hmm. but they are eating now more salad rather than, I would assume, a processed, say, Mm -hmm. carb-like pasta Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. something like that. What would be advice you would give to me but then, which would also be relayed onto them. What would be the advice to go like, hey, try and do more of this, but if they're already reaching their maximum. capacity with training, but they also don't have a world of time that all these kids are under the age of six as well. Mm-hmm. So the main, um, the main goal is weight loss? Just a, t- a tiny bit. Like, fat loss like, or weight like, loss? It'd be fat, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a tiny bit of body fat mm-hmm. around the stomach. Mm-hmm. So I think firstly, something that is um, often
2: missed a lot of the time is people that think they want weight loss. Let's say that's what they wanted. Just a general thing is you'll find people that get caught up with, like, I've got to see this number drop on the scale. Yeah. But you could weigh, potentially, you could weigh more than you did before. But if the mirror shows that you're starting to get abs and six-pack and you've got cap delts and, like, quads, yep. then the goal isn't, wasn't actually weight loss that made you mm-hmm. happy. It was fat loss.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they, they know it's fat loss as well. They've said, yeah. I just want to lose, lose that year. Yeah. yeah. Right here. Yep. So... Uh,
1: a relatively new parent with under six children maxing out their time in the gym looking to lose a little bit of weight I'd be like "Change change your expectations to being as quick or as fast as what you used to expect he's doing everything or she's doing everything on the right track uh, my, some things that I would say would be like if you're maximizing gym, maximize sleep but if you've got young children then there's only so much sleep you can maximize mm-hmm. so if you're already doing all the right things in that regard and you've just recently changed your food choices up to uh, be a little bit more informed with your eating behaviors you're doing the right things it's just talking. the time yeah. frame that your expectations um aligned with need to adjust with the reality of the situation most people don't they they go "Ah, oh, this is what i was achieving when i was 20 and friggin' single and training all the time and there's a how fast i should expect to lose things The same goes when you have kids and aren't sleeping and maximizing time in the gym and Eat an okay diet kind of thing, it's like, oh, those things are gonna happen. It's just a lot slower than what people wanna assume. Sure, yeah, you gotta be self aware. Yeah, so that would be my first thing. And the second thing would be a lot of parents don't uh aren't aware that this they do this. This is a subconscious behaviour, but they prepare prepare foods all the time for their kids.
0: They Bite, lick, sucks, snap yep. on the foods yeah. now, and stuff like that. Yeah, all it's the time. funny because all my clients and our parents they do know they do this, yeah, yeah, but they don't stop the habit. They yeah. know, oh, I prepare the kids' food, which yep. chicken nuggets and whatever, yeah. and then I eat that as well. I eat their leftovers, yeah, and so they like that's quite quickly. Like
1: kids are super, need heaps of energy, so it's quite quickly if you do that with one yeah, child, let alone multiple children multiple times a day, you can quite easily out eat the food that you were not eating in that your other portions of your diet by doing that. So it really is something that you have to be mindful of. I've seen it stop people in comp prep and I've seen it stop people in normal life. So it's just something just to be, that is quite easily something you can you do. You
2: think about if you're, if you're making a, like your kids, so you've got two or three kids, you're making a peanut butter sandwich or something. Like peanut butter in itself is a dense source of a spread or any sort of like, like it's a palatable food. It's sodium, carbs and fats mm-hmm. and protein. It's everything. And then you're making three or four sandwiches and every time you put that spoon in there to like put on the bread or on the rice cakes or whatever, and you're licking that spoon, that be quickly becomes an extra tablespoon, teaspoon, two teaspoons of peanut butter. And what, 20 grams of peanut butter is 11 carbs, nine fats. Like it's mm-hmm. of like a craft peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Like, per scoop that's a dense option vegan mm. now mate mm. Be- sorry bigger sorry Bega. Yeah. I Try I. It <laughs> making <laughs> that looking good looking spread. Uh, <laughs> if bigger's looking for a
1: sponsorship athlete uh, take all the peanut butter the if is <laughs> looking
0: for their main shareholder <laughs> provider it's me like, I've made keeping you the in float <laughs> oh, yeah. but yeah so that's
1: adjust expectations definitely because uh, people misattribute mis- this stuff all the time like a great example is I get a lot of clients that want to they used to run a little bit when they were younger, right? And they're like, I'm going to return to running. I'm going to do a 5K again. I'm like... A f-
2: fucking 5k yeah, fuck for that. your
1: first time yeah. running after not running <laughs> for nine years this is sounds like an excellent idea and they do it and they're like i'm really, yeah i'm really sure I, I can't train tornadoes. for the rest of the week i'm like oh great that's really helped best 5k so, ever yeah i'm like okay it doesn't but people go oh, i ran 5k once before when i was younger so like <laughs> this should, be, should be achievable now like i don't this is one of those times where like it's just we misattribute our capacity to do things because we've achieved something once and uh, we just align it to whatever's going on now so the reality of the situation is you're doing it uh, as much as you can to get the goals that you want that, that timeline just needs to adjust
0: yeah cool if I were to recommend just a couple of foods like so how do you guys feel about it so they cut up this fruit to put into a juice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's already going to be if depending on how big the glass is mm-hmm. it's going to be quite dense in uh, really I
1: think fruit can it can go both ways it depends there's some really good fruit choices that you can do it's berries and watermelon Whoa. you can 66 uh, six calories for 500 grams of strawberries okay. if you eat 500 grams that's of strawberries a, that's a big meal I'm it's a, telling you, a yeah. big meal I eat it every night. It's
2: amazing, and it's so filling, and so sweet. And it's nothing. you don't you don't need to add extra flour. like just uh, throw some cinnamon on your strawberries or watermelon and it makes it a little bit sweeter. And that's completely palatable. That is mm-hmm. all you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't need maple syrups or you don't need to add it to yogurts or anything. Like you can, but you don't need to. Yeah. Like so we, berries. Yeah. we did. We I did. find berries work super successfully for that.
1: But like some other ones, like with banana would be a lot more dense. It's yep. um, like. Quadruple the calories for the same amount of weight, like so uh, for 100 grams. So, they're easily quite easily can be too much sugar for them, um, or too much carbohydrates. So, yeah, I find tr- the, the food choices do help when it comes to that. But I'm definitely a fan of including as much fruit in there because even if it is sh- overshooting them on their calories of the day, it's giving them fiber and micronutrients. And yep. I'm really not against people getting more fiber and micronutrients in their diet. I will find other things for them to drop off and keep that good behavior of having a a fruit smoothie or something in their diet. Cool. And then just a couple of things you'd chuck in a salad, if they were gonna make a salad. Fucking so much cucumber, it's not even funny. Capsicum, carrot, mushrooms. Mushrooms. They're all super low in calories, high, some protein, but take up heaps of volume. Um, I'd stay away from olives, just because they've got a little bit of fat in them, a little bit more dense, nuts as well, just a bit of fat and you can, Eat a fair amount of them before you get full, and that has a lot of uh, calories as well. Yep. Um, anything that's covered like in oil, so like I get people that have like fire roasted casicans and stuff like that that are like um, right uh, um, marinated in oils like and stuff like that. Tomatoes, yeah, yeah sun dried yeah. tomatoes and stuff like that. You can have them for sure. Just
2: dab the oil off and we'll drain them for a little bit. So or that, do yourself. Yeah. Like you can get like around um, the mm. like Pam Pam pan oils and stuff that are like zero calorie. Mm. It's just it's just an oil to. Uh, a liquid to spray the pan Mm -hmm. and then fry them and sear them yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So like those,
1: those options would definitely go uh, first and foremost. I try and bulk up as much as I can. Um, Cabbages and stuff are great. Anything. If they're inclined on a dressing or something. Yeah. Um, Like look, there's some low fat ones that you can. Yeah. Well, I was going to go to those, but there's some low fat ones you can buy in Coles and Woolies that have just got a small amount of carbohydrates in them as opposed to a a fat based uh, dressing. So they always help. Um, and I'm not railing against fats here because I don't like fats in people's diets. They're just more energy dense It's easier to overeat on that shit. We all know it, it's true. It's the yummy stuff So yeah, if you go, oh, yeah, I'll just put this on it's quite easily Double the calories triple the calories of whatever you're eating if it was just a carb-based or a sugar-based one So I, I op, uh, ask people to opt for those first but then, yes, definitely lemons and limes on salads and stuff like that go really well. Vinaigrettes go really well as well. Super low in calories, so you can do that. Um, or season the shit out of things. Learn to season things with uh, herbs.
2: Or the um, the ones we turn, I turned to at the end of prep was um, like in Endo's hot sauces. Mm. They were yeah. like low calories. the lowest of calories
1: for a sauce. So what I was getting him to do as well was after we got to about 50, 50% of the... Sauce left in the jar. Fill that with water, shake it up, and it's now even more watered down. It's even lower calories than before,
2: and so you're getting more to go for less. Kind and the flavor's still there. Yeah. If you want some extra chili on there, or you want some extra garlic, or some extra whatever, mm-hmm. just go get your own herbs. Yeah. You know. So you can flavor the hell out of a salad and chicken. Trust me, when, when you've had what was it, a thousand chicken meals in the space of six months, you find good ways to make chicken taste good. Mm-hmm. Like even even um, uh, like the El uh, Paso chicken crumb seasoning mm-hmm. while yes. it adds a little bit of carbs to it it's like 0.6 grams of carbs to a serve and the packet has 10 serves so just don't put the whole thing on one little piece right. of chicken yeah. but you can yeah. get flavouring at a very low cost of calorie and it's amazing yeah it's just when you start adding the other stuff to what people throw it on burritos with like uh, guacamole and sour creams and that sort of stuff when you start getting and calorie and cheeses and if you just have that with a salad you get in a burrito bowl yeah it's there you agree. go there you go you're eating something you think is bad and it's good it's just minus the extra calories of just minus the things that have a little bit more density and the energy so yeah like, exactly the the denser options mm-hmm. so well, you can still you can still yeah you can still yeah. enjoy foods with your family or what have you and do that sort of thing and yeah cut calories down
1: I'm a massive proponent of I'm a potato guy if you if I like there were ever if I were ever to be a shill for something it'd be I'd follow the potato girl on Instagram and tell people to eat more and more potatoes because you can eat so much potatoes for so low cut them up into chips and stuff like that and they're so good all the time and people assume that they're really high in calories or whatever it's they're really not Spotlight. Oh. Yeah. And you Maybe can just charisma. eat so many but like that's so filling and it's yummy and I uh, just love chips <laughs>
0: Alrighty guys, we are going to cut it there. This will be it for episode 10.1. So team, making sure you join us next week for episode 10.2, where we're going to dive into discussions and our opinions on the fitness industry itself. So uh, things that we have seen in the industry, where they have come from, where they are now, and where they're leading or going to where we believe so it's going to be a really good podcast episode 10.2 uh thanks for listening to 10.1 which was more of a nutrition-based uh chat so uh we look forward to uh you guys enjoying next week's episode and make sure you tune in team it'll be out on thursday <laughs>